and welcome to Sheep Dip, brought to you by Raising the Bar. We're global leaders in team building with sheep. My name is Caroline, Caroline Palmer, and I'm top dog at Raising the Bar. And I'm Chris, Chris Farnsworth, head shepherd, and together we started this business. Right, so now we are going to cover the second and final five qualities for an outstanding team building event, which is in the final chapter of your book, Chris. So number five is the requirement of excellent communication. And by that, we mean everybody having to chip in with their ideas. And it's also important to encourage the chipping in of those ideas too, isn't it? Very much so. I mean, I I think this really comes from working with the dogs because the dogs don't understand negative language. So it's no good really telling them off and going, no, I wanted you to go the other way. You have to develop a, a technique which means that they are feel that they are listened to and actually get involved in the task itself. You know, they want the big picture as well as the detail. If only dogs could understand English. Well, it's only good if the shepherd can understand left and right, because sometimes <laughs> I get it muddled up. But even so, they still manage to go the right way. <laughs> and I've seen that in action, so that's true. <laughs> we have a reflection sheet at the end of the uh, activity, and by far and away the most common lesson learnt is that of communication. And it might seem blindingly obvious, but I think it's the whole aspect of communication and, and listening is a key part of that. It's realising that everybody's ideas are worth listening to. I mean, how many times have we seen it that they come up with some good ideas and the group choose not to listen to them? Mm. Or the other way around, the person with perhaps the loudest voice, or perhaps it's the person who is actually the leader in, in real life, as it were, in their real sort of business situation. They come up with an idea, possibly because they feel they have to, because they're the leader, or perhaps it's because... It's just their natural way, and that's fine. So they come up with the idea, and everybody follows it because they are the sort of the leader of the team. And that idea doesn't necessarily work out. And it's it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, the dynamic that that causes. Well, I mean, it causes all sorts of problems because actually you don't necessarily get the team buy-in, do you? You don't. Act, they don't actually believe this plan will work because they don't really understand. They do it to the letter of the law. But actually, you want, like the dog, to develop its own style, make its own judgments. Um, how many times do we hear people, don't run, don't run? And, and yet sometimes moving quickly is, is what you need to do. As I say, because it's the most common uh, feedback, we could do a whole chapter just on communication, which in fact we have done in the past. But we're going to move on to number six, which is the requirement being to trust other team members being able to empower each one as an individual to fulfil a vital part in completing that task. So whatever activity you're choosing to do, you need to know that that um, aspect of trust has to be there in order to fulfil that task. The reason why the shepherd uses the whistle is not to transfer any anxiety or, you know, just keeping calm under the pressure, especially if the sheep are heading out onto the A road where it's going to be very busy, you just want the dog to perform as normal. And that's where you actually have to empower the dog to do the right thing. Go and get all the sheep. It's trained to do all all that. And you have to just give it the command and empower it to do 
to go and get all the sheep, even though the consequences of not getting all the sheep would be catastrophic. <laughs> I've said this so many times before, but there are so many brilliant activities out there that teams can do in order to, to help them bond and work together and collaborate, etc. So it's just really important when you're looking at whatever activity you're going to do to ensure that that trust, because again, that comes up so frequently in the feedback, is something that is is needed in whatever that task is. That happens in work as well. You trust your colleagues to do, to perform or to do their job properly. Number seven, a level of difficulty. So you need a level of difficulty where there is a chance the task may actually not be achieved because in doing so, that can then lead to a a greater euphoria when they do succeed because inevitably there's going to be frustration and possibly seeds of doubt etc along the way so there needs to be that level of difficulty doesn't there oh gosh how many times do we see them get halfway through the exercise and ask that question does anybody ever achieve this because i think when you look at something it looks easy and then the reality is actually no this is a really hard job to do And what happens, I always think I look at the energy levels. Again, whether you're working with a dog or people, it's the energy levels. When you see those dipping off, how do you raise them? And I feel the really important thing is actually to give praise. You know, look at what you have done and have achieved and noticed and then move from there and to capitalise on that. Number eight is actually also related to difficulty. You talk about an increasing level of difficulty whereby incentives can actually be used to encourage the completion as well as perhaps an element of competition. Can you expand on that a bit more? So what you want is to be able to slightly stress the team because it's all very well doing something once, but to do it a second time and a third time, improving on time if time is a measure, then that's where you see whether the team is really performing well and actually seeing whether there are people who are getting demoralised or not fully engaged and to make sure that everybody contributes to see how they can achieve the task even quicker. Mm. And I think it, it is testing, isn't it? Because you see how the team react because they, they go, oh, right, well, job done then. What are we going to do for the rest of the day or whatever? And I think it's very interesting to see how they react. Because, as you say, it just it does change the dynamic. There'll be those who go, yeah, yeah, right, OK, come on, let's... Let, Bring let's, it on, let's yeah. have some more. Yeah. But equally, what happens when they get nine out of the ten sheep in? Mm-hmm. Do they, are they happy with 90% achievement? You know, and that's very interesting in the group to see how they do react. Mm. And we have had occasionally a client request but actually say no it's important to know how they would deal with disappointment if they didn't achieve there's no guarantee of success with good team building events there is an element that they will not succeed yeah number nine is the activity offering a level playing field for all the team so no one individual has a solution which can direct the entire group to success I think the level playing field is more about how you get your plan across and less about the ability of it. Sometimes you get somebody with some experience with sheep. And the interesting part is, 
as a shepherd, I can see that they're comfortable around sheep and they've, they know how to, to move, but often they don't step up to the task. Often it's a discovery that actually they have this experience. They need to be coached. The team have to make sure they listen to everybody and to realise that there are some gold nuggets in your team if you listen to them. And invariably for us, the people who might have had a bit of experience might have had one or two pet sheep who can be lured into the pen with, with some sheep nuts or something, which uh, is not what our exercise is about. How many times do you get, oh, do you have a bag of food around to, to help entice the sheep into the pen? And you're going, well, sorry, they don't really know what the bag of food is. They're not tempted into the pen that way. So taking your team out to, to, to whatever activity you choose, there needs to be that level playing field. You need something ideally which by and large the likelihood is that people won't have done it before because that creates a whole different you know vibe for the team, doesn't it? Which is great. So the tenth and final one in our list of uh, outstanding qualities is a task which encourages the team to look at each situation from a different perspective. So it might be, and you can then start drawing analogies with your business. You might look at an element of that task and go, okay, this is a bit like when we're trying to get a customer to buy something, for example, isn't it? For me, solutions come when when you're not almost thinking about them. Part of shepherding is about being creative. When you're faced with a challenge, you, you have to think round it. And often when you're in the moment, you don't always think, Clearly, you come up with a solution which isn't possibly the best solution. When you come away from the, the, the actual situation and think about it, you become more creative, I believe, and actually come away from it and review it. Well, is there a better way to do things? And I think that is a really interesting. I mean, like, who says we have to work five days a week? You know, we could work four days a week if we're more efficient. No, that's something that's being discussed quite a lot at the moment, isn't it? With all the combination of working from home and working in the office and as guidelines change, it uh, that, that affects everything. And yeah, working practices have changed. And sometimes it is difficult to step back and think about how we're working. Do we have to work between nine and five? And sometimes because now we have to homeschool or, or to look after children or loved ones, we need that flexibility. And it helps. It might be a catalyst to get more efficient in your business. I think ultimately, having looked at all these 10 qualities, what it boils down to is how can those lessons learnt then transfer into the workplace? And I think this is an area that can often get forgotten with a lot of team building activities. And you're investing a lot of money in bringing out your people, you're possibly shutting your, your team down, your office down for the day. And so you've got to know that you're going to get that return on investment. And one way in which you can do that is by actually having some sort of follow up. So, okay, you've done your, you've done your team building exercise. Is there a way that the lessons from that exercise can then be transferred into your workplace and it might mean some, it might need something to fulfil that. So it might be a workshop or it might be a return visit or something like that, mightn't it? And I mean, I know those are things that, that we do, but it's something to look at with whatever activity you're going to choose. I mean, I, I feel, especially if I go to a lecture about sheep or, or um, behaviour of sheep, 
I, I need to review it. I need to see how, when, when I'm actually at the lecture, I take notes. But the point is, is actually you have to apply time to review the notes, to actually see how I can implement it into my whole system. So it's not just about people. It's it, the reviewing is is a key part of any exercise, mm. how it implements into your system. Mm. And the only way to do that is to not only review it, but to then practice it, isn't it? Because it's so easy to sort of learn the lesson and then <laughs> go back to what you were doing and forget it all. You actually need to consciously practice it. And I suppose the only way to do that is by leaving a little bit of time and then picking it up again, reviewing it, maybe repeating the exercise in some form or another uh, and, and seeing how it, you know, how it really is working. And there'll be a number of themes that you'll pick up on from your activity, whether that's communication, whether it's trust, creativity, incentives. These are all things that we've picked up on over these 10 qualities, leadership, decision making, things like that. You could choose a theme, can't you, for, for that particular workshop or decide what it is, is that's most important in, in your business. I mean, the analogies and metaphors are endless with herding sheep. See how it works for the activity that you're considering. So how many of the criteria, the 10 criteria that we've listed, can you tick off for your next team building programme? You know, if it's, <laughs> we'd like to say if it's less than 10, then why not consider raising the bar instead? You can get a reminder of these 10 qualities of an outstanding team building event by visiting our website, filling out a form, and you will get it in two shakes of a lamb's tail. So that concludes your book, Chris. Gosh, what a lot of things in there. <laughs> if you'd like to get a copy of the book, it is actually available on Amazon and it is called Sheep, Shepherd, Dog, Building a Magnificent Team Around You. And again, a link to this will be in the show notes. This is the end of season four. We're going to be a short break now. We will return and come back with some new shiny material in season five. Now, remember, if you wish to ask us a question or cover a particular topic, simply email me, caroline at raisingthebar.com. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to Sheep Dip on your favourite platform. So until next week, when we're back to help you build the most extraordinary team in your field, have a brilliant week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.